Hello, welcome back to Haunted Moonlight with me, Michelle. Happy Halloween! Well, Halloween soon. It's a couple of days from when this episode drops. Um, it is, but you know, thank you. It is two weeks from the day I'm recording because I am on PTO this week, and so I wanted to get a uh, lot of stuff recorded. Um, so by the time you hear this, it will be almost Halloween. Happy Halloween! <coughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, any news? Let's see. No news. Like I said, recording this two weeks before it drops. So I can't tell you about how our Halloween party goes or how actual Halloween will go or any of that stuff. Um, all that is important, I guess, is that uh, I am being Taylor Swift for Halloween in her Midnight's era. Buddy, please stop barking. Uh, I found really cute sparkly ankle boots, some sparkly eyeshadow, a sparkly dress. It isn't a t-shirt dress. I have bought a t-shirt dress. It looked one way on the website. It looked a different way in person. It did not work. So I got a different sparkly dress, uh, sparkly tights, sparkly microphone, everything sparkles. We love sparkles, sparkles everywhere. Okay. Uh, Morgan, I think is being what he was last year at my sister's party um the pizza guy from spongebob which i am not familiar with that episode at least it's not coming to mind right now but i think that's what he's being oh yeah i'm not wearing a wig to be taylor because i don't like wigs they make my head hot and i already run hot and that's just gonna be a no for me um yeah that's really it for news because two weeks in advance but um, since Halloween is two days after this episode drops, I thought that maybe we could spend this episode talking about the origins of Halloween. We know Halloween is celebrated every year on October 31st, no matter what day of the week the 31st is, that is Halloween. But how did we get there? Let's find out. Okay. Halloween started going all the way back roughly 2,000 years ago to the Celtic festival known as Samhain. Samhain was kind of their new year. The day marked summer and the harvest ending and the beginning of winter. Winter was a time that was associated with human death. The belief was that the night before the new year, the boundary between the worlds of the living and dead were blurred. On the night of October 31st, when they celebrated Samhain, it was believed that the ghosts of the dead would return to earth. The Celts thought that the presence of the spirits would make it easier for the Druids, Celtic priests, to make predictions about the future. The prophecies were a source of comfort during the long, cold, dark winter. In order to commemorate the event, the Druids would build huge sacred bonfires, People would gather to burn crops and animals as sacrifices to the Celtic deities. Deities? Deities. The Celts would wear costumes made of animal heads and skins during the celebration. They also attempted to tell each other's futures. When the celebration ended, they relit their own fires with fire from the sacred bonfire in the hopes it would protect them during the coming winter. That was a lot of fire in one sentence. The Roman Empire, which, okay, this is a side spiral, but 
now anytime I hear Roman Empire, I just think about how men constantly think about the Roman Empire. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's on TikTok and Instagram. I guess men think about the Roman Empire pretty frequently. I have never thought about the Roman Empire once a day in my life. I had asked Morgan about this. He has never thought about the Roman Empire. He doesn't think about the Roman Empire. For me, my Roman Empire is Taylor Swift. Um, but anyway, like I said, sidetracking back to the, back to Halloween. The Roman Empire had conquered a majority of the Celtic territory by AD 43. They ruled over the Celtic lands for 400 years and two Roman festivals were combined with the Celtic tradition of Samhain. The first Roman tradition was Feralia. Feralia? I don't know which way is right. A day in late Fe- February, late October, that commemorated the passing of the dead. The second Roman tradition was a day to honor. Excuse me. I just tried to stop yawning in the middle of talking, and that didn't work. The second Roman tradition was a day to honor Pomona, the Roman goddess of fruit and trees. The symbol of Pomona is the apple, which explains why bobbing for apples is a tradition that is practiced on Halloween. I personally don't think I've ever bobbed for apples. If I did, it was when I was very, very young, and I do not have any recollection of that. Um, I would also speculate that Pomona, um, Pomona's symbol being the apple is maybe also why we love those jelly and caramel covered apples around Halloween um, that hurt your teeth. But maybe it's also why apple cider donuts are so fucking delicious. I don't know. Anyway, in May AD 609, on the 13th, Pope Boniface, 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 the 4th, that Roman numeral looks like four. Dedicated the Pantheon, Pantheon room in honor of all Christian martyrs. A Catholic feast of All Martyrs Day was established in the Western Church. Later on, Pope Gregory III expanded the festival to include all saints, not just martyrs, and changed the day of observance from May 13th to November 1st. When the 9th century rolled around, the influence of Christianity had spread into Celtic lands. Here, it gradually blended with Celtic rites. Then, in AD 1000, the church had to be the way that it is, and they made November 2nd All Souls Day. A day to honor the dead. It is widely believed that the church did this as an attempt to replace the Celtic festival of the dead with their own church-sanctioned holiday. As a Catholic that no longer goes to church, but that's for another time, I am not surprised the church would try to change something to be their way. Typical. All Souls Day was celebrated in a similar fashion to Samhain. Big bonfires, parades, costumes that were saints, angels, and devils. All Saints Day was also called All Hallows or All Hallow Mass. And the night before it began to be called All Hallows Eve, which is what we now call Halloween. Halloween was extremely limited in colonial New England because of the very rigid Protestant belief systems there. So Halloween was more common in the southern colonies. When the beliefs and customs of different European ethnic groups and the indigenous 
meshed, a distinctly American version of Halloween emerged. These first celebrations included play parties, which were public events that were held to celebrate the harvest. Neighbors would share their stories of the dead, dance and sing, plus tell each other each other's fortunes. Colonial Halloween festivities also featured telling ghost stories and making mischief. By the middle of the 19th century, autumn festivities yep, were common, but Halloween wasn't celebrated everywhere in the country. The second half of the 19th century saw America being flooded with new immigrants. These immigrants and the Irish that were fleeing the potato famine helped to make Halloween popular nationally. Americans took to borrowing from European traditions and began to dress up in costumes, then go from house to house asking for food or money. This is what we now call trick-or-treating, but my question is, can we bring back asking for money? I'm just asking for a friend. On Halloween, young women believed they could divine the name or appearance of their future husband by doing tricks with yarn, apple parings, or mirrors. Honestly, I am so glad that more and more women nowadays are caring less and less about finding a husband because A, women can fucking do it themselves, but B, why do we need to get married? Why? We don't. We don't. And yes, I am married and I am happily married, but we don't need to get married. If you want to get married, that's fine. But back then, Finding a husband was all anybody gave a shit about. Whatever. When the late 1800s came around, there was a move in America to make Halloween into a holiday that was more about community than about ghosts, pranks, and witchcraft. Typical America. Halloween parties for adults and children became the most common way to celebrate Halloween at the turn of the century. These parties focused on foods of the season festive costumes, and games. Newspapers and community leaders encouraged parents to take away anything grotesque or frightening from Halloween celebrations. Every party has a pooper. By taking out those things, Halloween lost most of its superstitious and religious overtones by the beginning of the 20th century. Halloween had become a secular but community-centered holiday by the 1920s and 30s, with parades and town-wide parties as the entertainment. Vandalism began during some celebrations in many of the communities, even though the communities and schools tried to get it to stop. Once the 1950s came around, town leaders had been able to limit the vandalism, and Halloween evolved into a holiday directed towards mainly, excuse me, a yawn that I could not stop, towards mainly the young. There were a high number of young children during this time due to the 50s baby boom. This moved parties from the town civic centers into classrooms or the home where accommodations were easier. The practice of trick-or-treating was also revived between 1920 and 1950. It was a relatively inexpensive way for the whole community to participate in the Halloween celebration which is different from now because um, candy is very expensive and costumes are very expensive. Families could also prevent tricks from being played on them by providing the neighborhood children with treats. 
I don't know that that's really a guarantee that no tricks are going to be played on you, but it was the 50s. What do I know? This is how the American tradition was born and just continued to grow. Currently, Americans spend an estimated six billion with a B, billion, billion like Bill Clinton, like Bob Barker, billion annually on Halloween. Okay, that's a lot of money. This makes Halloween the country's second largest commercial holiday after Christmas. Wild. Trick-or-treating does, however, date back to the early All Souls Day parades in England. Poor citizens would beg for food, and so families um, would give them pastries called soul cakes. The payment in return was to pray for the family's dead relatives. Distributing soul cakes was obviously encouraged by the church as a way to replace the practice of leaving food and wine for the roaming spirits. This practice was referred to as going souling, interesting, and was eventually taken up by children who would visit the houses in their neighborhood and be given food, ale, and money. Could you imagine back then being a kid and like, oh, here's some ale for you, Alvin. I don't know, that name just felt right. Like, weird, but also amazing. Also, in all my time trick-or-treating, um, like, this is a side note, no one has ever given me drugs in my candy that um, everyone always told me was a thing. A huge letdown. Like, literally, parents, teachers, everyone. Oh, you can get some drugs in your candy, blah, 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 blah. Never. Never has anybody given me drugs in my candy, and never had I come across razor blades in my candy either. Okay, so stop lying. The tradition of wearing a costume for Halloween does come from both European and Celtic roots. Back then, winter was an uncertain and frightening time. Food supplies would run low. Sorry, guys. Holy shit. And many people were were scared of the dark, not sacred. Scared of the dark, so the short days were full of endless worry. People thought that if they left their homes on Halloween, then they would encounter ghosts. So to avoid being recognized by said ghosts, people would wear masks. The hope was the ghosts would mistake them as fellow spirits. And to keep the ghosts away from their homes, people would put bowls of food right outside to appease the ghosts and attempt them um, and attempt them from trying to enter. I don't think that's supposed to say attempt. And try to stop them from entering. I don't know what I was writing there. Anyway. Halloween is a holiday that has always been filled with mystery, magic, and superstition. Today's Halloween ghosts are often described as fearsome and malevolent. And our superstitions and customs are scarier too. We try to avoid crossing paths with black cats. Afraid they bring bad luck. I personally don't believe this. I love black cats. And some of our best friends have the cutest black cats. My cat I had wasn't a fully black cat. He was a tuxedo. Um, a gentleman cat, if you will. But being scared of black cats goes back to the Middle Ages when people believed that witches avoided detection by turning themselves into black cats. And how fabulous would it be to just be able to turn yourself into a black cat and just run away? Sounds dreamy. I don't know. I think the witches were onto something. Another superstition we believe in is not walking under ladders. This superstition comes from the ancient Egyptians who believed triangles were sacred. 
Uh, is this why the Bermuda Triangle is so wild? That's an episode for another time. We also try to avoid stepping on cracks because we would break our mother's backs, spilling salt, and breaking mirrors. So I guess Halloween used to have some matchmaking and lesser known rituals involved, so let's look at that a little bit. So these obsolete rituals focused on the future and the living, which is very different than what we know Halloween to be, which is focused on the past and the dead. These rituals were basically to help young women figure out their future husbands and reassuring them they would be married at some point. Yeah, I know we briefly touched on this earlier, but they go in more in-depth here. In the 18th century in Ireland, a matchmaking cook might, let's say, bury a ring in mashed potatoes on Halloween, uh, Halloween night in hopes they would bring true love to the diner who found it. Or they might make the diner choke to death. Who's to say? In Scotland, fortune tellers had eligible young women name a hazelnut for each of her suitors. The nuts would then get tossed into the fireplace. The one that burned to ashes instead of popping or exploding represented the girl's future husband. In some versions of this legend, though, it was that if it burned, the love would not last. But my question is, are we burning them one at a time or all at once? Because if we burn them all at a time, how do we know if it was ever James, Jacob, Emmett, or Jasper's not that burned? And yes, those are all names from Twilight. You're welcome. Another weird thing a woman could do in hopes of finding a husband was to eat this sugary treat made from walnuts, hazelnuts, and nutmeg right before bed on Halloween. And then she would dream about her future husband. Maybe she was just tripping off the nuts. Who's to say? Who is to say? Honestly, these just get more ridiculous as we go. Uh, eh. Young women would also toss apple peels over their shoulder and hope that the peels would fall onto the floor in the shape of their future husband's initials. I am eye-rolling so hard my eyes might pop out of my face. They could also learn about their futures by peering at egg yolks floating in a bowl of water or by standing in front of a mirror in a dark room while holding a candle, then looking over their shoulder to see their husband's faces. Okay, I don't know if they mean look over your shoulder physically, turn over your shoulder, or keep staring at the mirror, but glance over your shoulder like in the mirror, you know what I'm saying? But who, how do we know? That some creeper asshole that wanted to be with this chick didn't just like sneak into her house when she was doing this ritual and just like creepily stand back there far enough away where he looked like the like um, apparition of himself. And then she was like, oh, shit, I got to marry old man one eye because that's what I saw in the mirror. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he's just a fucking creep and he broke into your home. And I feel like parents back then would allow this because they want their daughters married because like money and stuff, you know? Anyway, other rituals of the past were a touch more competitive. The first guest to find a burr on a chestnut hunt would be the first to marry. Or for some, the first successful apple bobber would be the first one married. So 
all of that is how Halloween came to be, but what we know it is as today. Um, like I said, this episode drops, you know, before Halloween, but around Halloween. Um, and since they talk about all the costume wearing, like the masks and the demons and whatever, um, trying to think of what my favorite Halloween costume was from when I was younger, but I really don't have one that I can remember. Like I never liked what I was. And there was always asshole kids who would make fun of you no matter what anyway. Actually, wait, I forget what year it was, but I was a Greek goddess and I actually really liked that costume. I think it was before I moved out here, but I was old enough to go to the bar. And I had to be in my mid-twenties somewhere. Yeah. If I can find a picture of myself in that costume, I'll post it on Instagram, but I don't know that I have one. Um, I know my least favorite year was the year I broke my ankle and couldn't go trick-or-treating. It happened right before Halloween. Um... It, yeah, it literally happened. I'm pretty sure I had broken it in October because I fell down the back stairs at my parents' house on my way to school. I was leaving to get the bus and my ankle twisted and I fell. And my mom was like, no, you're good. Go to school. You're good. You're good. I wasn't good. Whipping around all day, blah, blah, blah. Even like this girl I couldn't stand who was super popular. She, like, saw me hobbling around. She's like, are you good? I'm like, no. I am in pain. And I got home that night. I remember I was laying on the couch. And I was watching whatever Halloween show I liked at that time. I was in seventh grade. It could have been so many different Halloween things at that time. I don't know. Just remember laying on the couch, watching whatever Halloween thing was on. And feeling my ankle pop. And then I couldn't walk on it anymore. I had to jump throughout the house on my other leg, on my good leg. And um, fun fact, that works for me in tooth truths and a lie. Um, my When I went to get my ankle wrapped in a cast finally, the, um, the doctor was like, because I guess I was like sc scrunching my leg up weird or something. He's like, you need to relax because you broke your ankle on your growth plate and <clears throat> um, if you don't relax it won't set right and there's a point one point one point one I just want to make sure everybody's listening point one percent chance that your left leg will be shorter than your right leg I would just like everyone to know that I am a fucking statistic my left leg is about an inch and a half to two inches shorter than my right it could be more I'm just gauging on if I put my platform converse on my left foot but not my right uh yeah so yep and people always think I'm making this up I can show you it in person it is real very real and that's probably why I have all my back and hip problems that I have today but anyway all of that to say um that was my worst Halloween and that photo is of course my dad's favorite 
because my siblings are dressed up. We're sitting on the front stairs of the house, and my sister's in her costume. I believe she was Scary Spice that year. And um, was that who she was? I could have sworn she was a Spice Girl. She was definitely singing and had leopard on. I think she was Scary Spice. I could be making that up. Um, my brother was dressed up. I think that was the year he was Peter Pan. Um, so they're sitting on the stairs, dressed up, looking adorable. And I'm sitting there with a glum looking fucking face on like I'm goddamn Eeyore, which I am like I'm Eeyore and just so upset because I can't go out with my friends, which really I'm going to say something blasphemous here. I like spooky season. No, I love spooky season. I don't like Halloween as we celebrate it today. I don't like dressing up. I don't like the trick-or-treating. I would rather go to the store and buy, I don't even like chocolate, so I would rather go to the store and buy a candy that I like than wander the streets in the freezing cold of New Jersey for hours hoping to get a candy I like in my candy bucket and then not being able to eat most of it because, you know, obviously razor blades and drugs that weren't there anyway whatever that was a very long spiral that was not in my notes so you are so welcome for that um but on that note what was your favorite halloween costume that you ever wore um you can i think i might put this as a question for the episode so you can just uh answer at the bottom um or you could even if you're feeling wild and crazy, you could even post a picture of you in your favorite Halloween costume to your Instagram story and tag Haunted Moonlight Podcast in it. And um, I can share them to my Instagram story. We could do that. Do it however you want. Whatever floats your goddamn boat. Honestly, I'm not your boss, you know. But anyway, let me know your favorite Halloween costume that you ever did. Uh... I think that's going to be it. That's that's really it. Um, and that all came from the History Channel. So if you don't like what they had to say, take it up with them. Um, yeah. I hope you all have or had, depending on when you listen, a spooky Halloween. And uh, until next time, keep it super spooky. Spooky.